Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. A classic method for studying a piece of scripture. That's a really exciting way to open a sermon, but stay with me. A classic method of studying a piece of scripture or a group of scripture or a poem or a sculpture or a series of offensive plays by your favorite football team or anything really is to give it a name. Names communicate something. Names imply nature, meaning, or worth. Names indicate what is most important about something or what someone wants you to think is most important about something. The parable of the Good Samaritan is well named because the focus of the reader should be on, you guessed it, the Good Samaritan. The parable of the prodigal son, however, might be better named the prodigal father because the father's generosity and grace is much more illuminating than the son's licentious lifestyle and heartfelt confession. With this in mind, I've been thinking about this Sunday's readings, and I believe that I have developed a name or at least a theme for these passages. God is crazy. From the craziness of a God who can forgive a city as evil as Nineveh to a God who is so crazy to grant a full day's wage for an hour's worth of work, we could not blame someone for concluding that our Lord can seem to the logical mind a little bit off. However, before I descend any further into blasphemy, we should examine these passages in more detail. Our encounters with God this week ultimately deal with fairness and justice. Fairness being, as Oxford defines it, impartial treatment or behavior without favoritism or discrimination. While justice, on the other hand, justice is something more. Fairness is an issue that we humans think about, perhaps even obsess about every day. Many of our disputes with one another, at home, at work, in the car, everywhere, can be condensed down to an argument about what is fair and what is not. Who is getting their fair share and who is not? And if they are getting this, why am I not getting that? When I was growing up, two brothers lived down the street from me, Brian and Kevin. Brian and Kevin were so were much closer in age than my brother and I, so close in age, in fact, that they received the same gifts for Christmas and birthdays. 
When I would visit their house after school, there would be two of everything, with a piece of masking tape that read Brian or Kevin. There would be two footballs, one marked Brian and one marked Kevin. There'd be two checkers games, one marked Brian and one marked Kevin. There would be two X-wing fighters, one marked Brian and one marked Kevin. This always struck me as odd. Perhaps sharing was not a concept popular in Brian and Kevin's house. But at the very least, at the core of this juvenile allotment of property, the system was fair. Brian got his due share and Kevin got his due share and all was good and peaceful. I know of two sisters who had a similar arrangement growing up. In fact, the arrangement worked so well and the two of every gift plan was so ingrained in their family's culture that it continued subconsciously until one was a doctor and one was a lawyer. And finally, they stood up one Christmas and said as adults, you know, you can give us two different sweaters if you want to. A mentor of mine, preaching on these same lessons a few years ago, commented on this type of relationship. He said, this is a foundational principle of our culture, that no matter what else, it must be fair. But this passion for equity is not driven by a commitment to justice. It is not, it is about not having the other guy get a better gift. This was not about justice. This was about envy. This was about jealousy. This was about greed. This was about original sin. This is about me. In other words, our quest for fairness can often be not about some altruistic quest for equality, blind justice, standing on the hill, holding aloft the scales of judgment for the entire world to see. Instead, fairness, if we are truly honest with ourselves, is making sure that no one has any more than me. But if that is true, then what is the difference between our sometimes self-centered motivation for fairness and God's crazy justice? Well, the good news I want to share this morning is that God's justice is not about fairness. Instead, God's justice is about abundance. And due to God's abundance, that never-ending, unconditional love, that abundance that some might label as a little crazy. Our human, broken, two-dimensional understanding of fairness can evolve. For it was out of God's abundance, not fairness, that the world was created. It was out of God's abundance, not fairness, that we were made in the image of God. It was out of God's abundance, not fairness, that God spared the city of Nineveh. And it was out of God's abundance, not fairness, that He became incarnate in the person of Jesus Christ to know us, to love us, to die for us, and to raise us to eternal life. And so out of God's abundance, all of us receive, regardless of our labor, our status, or our deservedness. We did not earn anything. But these, our blessings happen to us because of God's justice. 
and the kingdom of God all receive, not because it is fair, but because we are beloved creatures of God. So what do we do with this abundance? Since God's justice is about more than our divine comeuppance, where do we as Christians, what do we as Christians do in this fair world? We go out into the world to share and bear witness to that abundance, not expecting anything in return, but with a joyous soul and a generous heart, knowing that God will provide for all. Fairness may be about getting an equal share of cake, but justice is about advocating for the poor and the hungry. Fairness can be, re- can be receiving the same gift as your brother or your sister, but justice is about eating with prostitutes and tax collectors. Fairness might be rooted in our own sin and jealousy, but justice is about ministering and sharing the good news with the outcast and the downtrodden. Anthony Robinson, a Congregationalist minister in Seattle, wrote about this parable in the Christian century. He said, When our only measure of fairness, when our preoccupation is our just deserts, we lose touch with a sense of grace and graciousness. We forget about the people who love us more than we deserve and the God who has extended generosity and forgiveness to us. True justice is probably most evident not when the deserving share their well-deserved surplus, but when those who feel that they have been blessed and forgiven beyond what they have a right to or reason to expect express their gratitude. God's justice is very different from our idea of fairness. For while with both all receive, with God all receive abundantly. You know, maybe God isn't that crazy after all. Amen.